business coach at Relauncher. In today's podcast episode, we're joined by CEO and founder of Social Playground, Annabelle Davidson. Social Playground create innovative branded experiences at events through personalised gift booths, which enhance the experience for guests and help brands generate shareable content. They have a hashtag printer, gift booth, Snapchat printer, social mosaic, green screen and more. In this episode, we learn about how Annabelle has grown her business over the years whilst juggling small children. Hi, Annabelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. How are you? I'm really, really well. So we were just chatting and saying how we've got in common. We both have two boys. And then I said, stop, we've got to hit record so we can start chatting and everyone can join in. So before we kick into Social Playground, I'd love to learn a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yes, as you mentioned, mum of two boys who are one and four years old, so keeping me very busy at the moment. Um, So definitely in the thick of managing the juggle of, you know, a young family and the business, which is challenging sometimes, but also I guess we wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. Um, (laughs) Yes, I I live here in Sydney in Leichhardt um, with my husband and our cat as well. Um, Yes, started my business about six years ago, uh, having worked in marketing and experiential and PR and social media, um, which took me all the way to New York a few years ago. Um, and that was where I kind of came across the concept for my business, having done a little stint there. Um, and yeah, just pretty hectic at the moment. I think that's probably the best way to describe oh me. It's, um, go, go, go. You know, it's actually yeah. quite funny because as you're describing yourself, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it sounds like she's describing me because I've got <laughs> two boys, the husband and the cat as well. And the lifestyle. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us can relate. <laughs> I know. All right. So social playground, tell us all about it. Absolutely. So we create social value for brands by making it fun for consumers to engage with them at events. Um, And the way we do this is through, we have a suite of products that range from photo booths to big live digital feeds, um, green screen photography, lots of different photo, video and GIF solutions um, that are designed to be a whole lot of fun for people to engage with at events and, you know, capturing content and capturing those amazing moments that they're having and that, that, that they can and then share to social media. So we work with brands across a huge range of industries um, to really help them build awareness online through the sharing of that content that's captured at the event um, and help them amplify their event beyond those who are attending and really, really get that sense of FOMO in everyone watching from home. I've seen your booths at so many events. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like I've crossed paths with your team before. So how long ago did you launch the business? So it was six years ago. Um, I just moved back to Australia from New York. And yeah, as I mentioned, I was over there for a couple of years and working in a social media marketing agency where um, I came across this thing called a hashtag printer, which I'd never heard of before. And you uploaded a photo to Instagram with a hashtag and this printer just miraculously printed your photo out straight away. Um, and I was pretty blown away by it, um, as was everyone who I worked with at the time. And then on moving back to Australia, discovered that um, no one 
there wasn't one in Australia. I went to book one for an event and it, no one knew what I was talking about. So I thought, hang on a second, here's an opportunity. Um, so contacted the guys in the US that I'd worked with, but they were so flat out with the US market, they weren't interested in Australia. So figured out, all right, let's let's work out how to do this myself. And that was, that was the start of Social Playground. It's the best business name. How did you come up with it? <laughs> or did it just oh. instantly come to you? Yeah, it didn't take long. It just kind of came. I think it was, you know, we're all about having fun and events and then there's a the social media element as well. And it just, it just came to me one day and it was perfect. And as soon as I said it, I was like, yep, that's it. There's no, I don't even need to think about any other names. It's just such a great fit. Yeah. Um, and I think that, to be honest, probably helped us early on as well because it is just a relevant name and we had quite strong branding around it. And that really helped us kind of build our name within the market yeah how did you I mean I imagine this would have been a fairly easy um as easy as it gets you know like there's no (laughs) such thing as easy but it would have been quite a simple business to get out is that right or have I got that completely wrong yeah, no, you're right. And I think because it was such an innovative product that we launched with that no one had heard of before, um, yeah, I literally just reached out to all of my agency contacts that I'd had throughout my career. And then we we released a press release as well, um, which got picked up by B&T and Ad News and a few of those kind of publications. And the minute the release went live, the phone started ringing. <laughs> it was pretty surreal. Um, yeah. Was that an issue in itself? Like, were you ready for that? I was ready. Um, probably my pricing was a little bit ambitious. <laughs> yeah. um, I was pr- kind of basing it on the US model and I think they can charge a bit more over there. So I definitely had one prospect laugh at the price when I quoted it over the phone. So it took a little bit of adjusting to kind of figure out what we could charge in the Australian market. But um yeah, and then in terms of our we booked our first event and actually the hashtag printer. It was a prototype and it arrived the day before the event um, from our manufacturers. So it was, yeah, it was definitely down to the wire and it was just, it was a bit of a blessing that it all worked and, you know, being a prototype, you never really know if it's going to be market ready, but um, on this occasion it was. And yeah, we definitely made some improvements from that first event, but it was the beginning and um, yeah, it really just built from there. So with this particular business model that you've got, do you have to have quite a large team? You know, how does it work? When you send the equipment out into the field, do you send the team with the equipment to be there on the evening? Or yes, exactly. Yeah, so now I have an office team of about 10 staff between Sydney and Melbourne and we manage all of the logistics and client liaison and artwork and everything to, um, you know, bring it all together pre-event. And then we have a team of about 100 casual event staff who are all, you know, uni students or actors or aspiring actors and um, promotional staff who take all of the equipment out and run it on site and really proactively engage with people and make sure that it, it all goes really well. Wow. So how do you how do you find all these staff? Because obviously that would be the right fit. Yes. Yeah, I have a full-time staffing manager who looks after that side of things. So she um, is constantly recruiting and training and, yeah, they go through a pretty rigorous sort of training, especially now because quite a few of our products um, – 
work with actual DSLR cameras as well. So they need to have a few photography skills and yeah, there's a lot to the role. It's not just, you know, it's not just a pretty face. It's being really switched on and still being very personable and able to engage with people. Um, and then also being quite technically savvy because you're dealing with laptops and iPads and software and you've got to troubleshoot on the fly. And yeah. Oh my think, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right then. So now during this entire journey, you've had two children in this, in this lifespan. So how did you manage that? Yeah, it was definitely challenging. Um, it still is challenging. I think, in hindsight, I'm really thankful I started the business before I had kids. I mean, hats off to all the mums out there who use their maternity leave and start a business. I think that's just amazing because you just don't have the capacity to, you know, to put yourself into it as much as you do pre-kids. And I think, you know, you work the crazy hours and you do what you've got to do to make it a success in those early days. Um, and then now, yeah, with kids, I mean, I was fortunate the first time around, my husband was able to work part-time as well. So we both, um, worked part-time and during that sort of first year, and then I went back to work, I think four days a week after that. Um, this time around, it's been really challenging. Um, my little boy Brooks is, um, a very active baby (laughs) and I had a few months sort of working from home. I mean, there's no, there's really no such thing as maternity leave when you've got your own business. Um, so I did get a little bit of time out of the office and just working, you know, it's not sleep when the baby sleeps, it's work when the baby sleeps. Mm. Um, but yeah, it got through it and now he's at daycare a few days a week. So getting that kind of balance back in and I just do three days in the office, which is, it's a good, it's a, it's a juggle, but I think it works as well. And I love the flexibility. I think, you know, that's, the amazing side of it that I wouldn't trade for anything that I can just go to a daycare concert if I need to or do anything I need to with the kids and I've got a team to help um, support that. With with the team that you've got, you know, when you you then said, right, I need to just be in here for less time than I normally would, what kind of structures did you put around for the staff? You know, like did they did you highlight different KPIs or was there a different process for checking in or reporting or you know, what were some key steps that helped allow you to yeah. do that? Look, there were probably, there were a lot of learnings that came out of it and there's things that I would do a little bit differently next time to hold people even more accountable. Um, And, you know, I did have one person on the team who's been with me for a few years who kind of stepped into that overseeing role. Um, And some of the team had KPIs, but I think, to be really honest, um, they weren't held accountable to the KPIs enough during that period. And, you know, when it's, when it's not you, like no one pushes your team as hard as you do. And I think that, um, you know, things did slip a little bit. So, yeah, next time I would probably make sure that those KPIs are so clearly documented and that I do sit on sitting on like a Monday whip or something just to keep everyone accountable to those KPIs so they know that I am still checking in and I'm making sure that things are running as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's hard. It's Yeah, there's no one that pushes and, you know, runs it like you do when it's your own business. So I think it's really important to make sure that people have clear kind of KPIs and benchmarks and a really good understanding of what's expected of them. Um, But you do still need to be involved and I don't think you can step away completely. You've really got to keep um, sort of keeping the team accountable. Yeah. It's tough, isn't it, because you really have such divided attention. Um, Yeah. 
but you you have to keep your eye on the ball as the business owner because um, you know only you really fully understand the business. You know exactly. And, yes. Yeah, and that's the other part. You know you can't you can't necessarily give someone else full visibility unless and you know it's when you're a small business as well you don't have that luxury of having a general manager or someone like that so you only give so much visibility to the rest of the team so they never quite understand the complexity of what you're going through and cash flow and you know all those different things so yeah you do still just have to keep your finger on the pulse and um yeah, keep it, keep an eye on it, even even when you're taking yeah. a bit of time out. Yeah. So, do you you still do weekly whips within your team? We, yeah, we do. So, especially now that I'm back um, in the office a few days, so we do yeah weekly whips, and then I do one to one meetings with everyone on the team once a fortnight, um, and then I I have pretty regular check ins with the team as well. Like we do a sales and marketing whip, and then an events kind of feedback whip. So wow. I I'm conscious of not having too many meetings, but we yeah. make them short and sharp, and just yeah it's just a check-in because we all work quite different hours being in the events industry as well. Mm. So, you know, we kind of come and go throughout the week. It's really important to have those check-ins and make sure that we're all on the same page and nothing's getting missed. With with the Melbourne office, how are you doing those check-ins? So we usually just do a Google Hangout um, and, yeah, for our, our weekly whip with all the team, we do a video hangout for that one as well. And then I do get down to Melbourne every sort of month or so for a quick trip just to check in with everyone too. Yeah. yeah. Have you got many people in the office in Melbourne? I've got four down there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So beyond Sydney and Melbourne, do you have plans to expand beyond or is that enough for now? Well, we do actually have, so we still offer our services in Brisbane and Perth and we just have casual staff in those states. So that, again, brings a whole lot of challenges, but my staffing manager is amazing at keeping those casual staff engaged and, you know, reliable and really, really involved, which is great. Um, And then we've actually got licensed partners in Adelaide and Darwin, which also works well. So they've kind of built their own business using our products and, um, they're a little bit more independent, which it works really well for those markets where there's not as many sort of national campaigns happening. Are they going under the same brand names, you? Uh, in Darwin, they do. Yeah, so we've sort of licensed the brand name there as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah and we did have some overseas. Oh, sorry. No, 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 sorry. Go on. Yeah, I was just going to say we had some overseas partners as well and we've still got a few. So we actually sell some of our hardware and license some of the technology to, um, you know, photo booth companies and different ones like that overseas as well. Given that it's technology, are there constant updates or have you been quite lucky that you have No, there's always updates. Oh, um, how do you manage that? Yeah, well, there was a huge one last year. So Instagram um, just completely rewrote the way that you can talk to its API without getting too technical. It basically meant that we had to rewrite our entire system for our hashtag printer and a couple of other products as well. So um, I have a full-time developer who works um, within the business, which is amazing because he can just jump on things like that and work through it. But yeah, you definitely need to be adaptable um, to adjust to those sort of changes. Does Instagram give you notice that those types of changes are coming up or does it just happen overnight? They give you notice, but you never really know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. And yeah, they always keep a bit of it quiet. And actually, it looked like it was going to be a whole lot worse than it ended up being. And 
but a lot of companies I think were building for how bad they were saying it was going to be. So, yeah, it's not easy and it's it's never a clear communication path uh, with those sort of big companies oh as well. <laughs> what would happen if you had like a huge event booked in and Instagram changed its API, you know, on that day? What would you yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, well, luckily now we've got enough products in our mix that we have other ones that don't rely on Instagram. So it was definitely, a, I guess, a, a worry early on when we did just have our hashtag printer for that first sort of 18 months of the business, that was all we offered. And yeah, when you sort of sit back and go, wow, my whole business is relying on this one social media platform to work as it should. Yeah, you keep <laughs> um, me up at night, I think. Yeah. <laughs> And there were, there were definitely a couple of times where they did make changes and things broke and we were like scrambling on a Saturday morning to fix it. But we pulled through and, yeah, I, I feel a lot better now having that diversity in the mix. Yeah. And, you know, we've got other ones that work with Facebook or that are just less reliant on social media completely. So there's always something else we could offer to clients there. What's your most popular product that people request? Oh, it kind of changes. At the moment, we do this amazing social mosaic, which is um, you upload a photo through Instagram, it prints out with a number coordinate, and then you go and stick that on this big grid that's up on the wall. And then over the duration of the event, all of the little photos come together to create this sort of mosaic image. Yeah, so that one's really popular at the moment. Um, It's pretty impactful and it's really interactive for people to get involved with as well. So... I'd say that's wow. probably so. Who's yeah. hiring that? Is that mainly brands? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we do a lot in that, like um, conference space or festivals, any of those larger scale events. It's yeah. perfect for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the business look, it's just been such a huge success. It's a seven year. I mean, sorry, a seven figure success. What would you say have been some key attributes to getting there? Yeah, I think early on. Early on, I think. Um, One of the hardest decisions I think for any business owner when you're starting out too is like when to take that jump and to start in it full time. And I decided to do that fairly early on and I took a huge salary cut, but I was like, it's okay, it's enough to live on, this will be fine. And it was such a turning point for the business. Like it's just, there's nothing like being able to devote 100% of yourself to getting it off the ground. And when you know that like, that's your next meal. <laughs> you just make it work. And I think, um, yeah, making the decision to go full-time in the business was a really big one. Um, and then probably as well as that, as I mentioned to be earlier, having a really strong brand. So um, I invested in having a great website, a really good logo, you know, getting all of that stuff right so that we looked a lot professional, more professional and a lot bigger um, to begin with. And then partnerships. So, you know, there was a lot of doing free events or, you know, doing social media, like promoting other brands and they would promote us and really just looking for creative ways to get the word out about what we did because, I mean, we're lucky being being in the events industry, you do it, you activate one of our products at the event and suddenly all of those people know about your product. Yeah, that's right. So for us, it was really about getting out there and, you know, sponsoring charity events or brands that we really wanted to work with. We'd just offer to do it for free. And it's a small cost to invest um, to build that awareness and to kind of show people what was possible. So have you found then you really haven't had to market your business too much because it would just be so much on word of mouth once you get at these events? 
Yeah. Do you know, I'm like just, and it's funny because I come from a background in marketing, but pre-digital marketing and I'm just getting my head around all of the digital marketing opportunities and things that there are for us to do now and I think you know we have just we've gone we've grown from referrals and um you know we do you know we blog and we do a bit of content and our social media and stuff like that but it's all you know no cost or very low cost marketing um so yeah it's been an interesting journey to get to here but I do feel like for us to really take it to the next level we um we need to get a little bit more I guess creative with our marketing and looking at what digital marketing we can do and actually spending some money on marketing (laughs) which is exciting because I I can't wait to see where that's going to take us next and Mm. and yeah we'll be able to find so many more people. Oh absolutely so the way that you spend your day how, how what does that look like? Um, every day is different. <laughs> I do. I still do quite a bit of new business development within the business. So I meet with clients. I've got, you know, we've got a huge suite of client agencies and brands that we work with, but it's, it's staying front of mind with them. So I'm often going and doing little presentations to them, updating them on our new products or services. Um, I do a bit of responding to inquiries that come through for some of the larger activations and things, working with my team on costing up you know, budgets and things like that. Um, And then it's a lot of managing the team really and everything else that they're working on. So, you know, what's the marketing team doing? What's the operations team? What are they, you know, streamlining or improving? And, yeah, constantly looking for new ways to grow and improve the business Um, and then just working with the relevant team members to kind of make that happen. (laughs) Are your work days long? Well, they can't be because I've got to pick up the kids from daycare at 5.30. So once you've got the kids that you're kind of still dipping in in and out of work. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I used to a bit more, but you just, you get to a point where you just burn out. (laughs) So I kind of, I don't do too many evenings now. I probably do one one or two evenings a week, like towards the end of the week where I'm home all day with the kids just to catch up on things. But I mean, you never stop thinking about it when it's your own business and you're always, oh, maybe we could try this or, oh, did I contact that person? And, you know, there's always <laughs> know something. <laughs> my, my poor husband. <laughs> do you think um, he'll ever come and join you in the business? We do talk about it. He would actually love to. I mean, he's been such a big part of it. You know, we were together from before when we started. So he's, he's seen it through the whole way and he's also a web developer. So there's definitely synergies there. And yeah, it's just kind of, it's a bit of a leap to throw everything into the business and give up his salary and yeah, all of that sort of thing too. So we're just trying to be smart about when we make that happen. (laughs) I think it is good to spread the eggs, you know, rather than just having everything in the one pocket. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you something to talk about at the end of the day. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's super important. All right, so where can everyone find Social Playground? So we are, of course, on Instagram at Social Playground um, and Facebook as well, or our website is socialplayground.com.au. Fabulous. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. It's been really great chatting with you. Thank you.